What is Crop Factor? Hi and a very warm welcome to episode 161 of the Photography Explained podcast. I'm your host Rick and in each episode I will try to explain one photographic thing to you in plain English in less than 27 minutes-ish without the relevant details. I'm a professionally qualified photographer based in England with a lifetime of photographic experience which I share with you in my podcast. Right, here is the answer bit. Crop factor is the number that is used to calculate the effective focal length when taking a photo with a crop sensor camera or a micro four thirds camera. A full frame camera has a crop factor of 1 in theory. A crop sensor camera has a crop factor of 1.5 to 1.6 and a micro four thirds camera has a crop factor of 2. The crop factor converts the focal length stated on the lens to the effective focal length, for example, 50mm focal length on a full frame camera is 50mm. 50mm focal length on a crop sensor camera is effectively 75 to 80mm. And finally, 50mm on a micro four thirds camera is effectively 100mm. Okay, so basically, crop factors relate to the different sizes of digital camera sensors. The term crop factor is very important in photography. We really do need to understand this. See, this is about the physical size of the sensor and how this affects the focal length selected and the effective focal length that you get. Okay, that was the answery bit. Right, so a very brief history lesson now. Don't worry, I just need to do this, okay, to explain everything because a lot of things in photography have evolved over the years and this is very much one of them. So, back in the film days, the most popular cameras were 35mm cameras. Now, talking here at the most popular for pro photographers and anyone else with any level of interest in photography. I mean, sure, there were other camera systems, but 35mm was the most popular. Now, a 35mm camera has a film negative, which is... Sorry, I'm laughing here because it it just... That's all right, I'll get on to it. A 35mm camera has a film negative, which is 36mm wide and 24mm high. The 35mm bit is actually the physical height of the negative, including the sprocket holes that were used to secure the film in place and wind it on. Yeah, really, if you don't know anything about film, just have a look and you'll see what I'm talking about. Now, on a full-frame camera, the sensor is 36mm wide and 24mm high. So, a full-frame camera sensor is exactly the same size sensor as a 35mm camera film negative, and there's no coincidence in that. Missing out a massive part of the evolution from film cameras to digital cameras, I mean, missing out sort of 99% of it, this this makes sort of sense because 35mm was an established format and an established size. And let's do another massive oversimplification. Remove the film chamber, add in a digital sensor, and voila, you have a digital camera. I know, not quite, but I hope you get the point. Oh yeah, the other thing was, the term full-frame sensor, well, the full-frame bit anyway, that that also goes back to the film days, but I'm not going to go into that now, because that will not help us. It's not going to help me for sure, and I don't think it'll help you. Now, the why question is an interesting one that I'm going to look into and cover in future episodes, but... I guess the reason why they are the same size is it was easier to use an existing, established and very popular, let's not forget, ecosystem such as 35mm than start completely from scratch with something which, if they had started from scratch, it, it could have been any size really. It could have been, well, anything. 
Okay, so we start with full frame cameras and from these crop sensor and micro four thirds cameras have evolved. Right, what's a full frame camera? A full frame camera has a sensor which is 36 by 24 millimeters. This is a full frame sensor. And I need to say here that this doesn't matter if it's a mirrorless camera or a DSLR camera. All the same applies apart from this. <laughs> I forgot this in my script. A Micro Four Thirds camera is a mirrorless camera. You cannot get a Micro Four Thirds DSLR camera. You can, however, get cropped sensor and full frame cameras, both in the mirrorless and DSLR styles. Phew, I got there in the end. But interestingly, there is no 35mm anywhere in all of this, so we can sort of forget about that, can't we? Right, so what's a crop sensor camera? Well, a crop sensor camera has a sensor which is smaller than a full-frame camera sensor. The crop factor relates to the relative difference in the sensor sizes. Now, let me give you an example. The Canon EOS R100 is a crop sensor camera. Okay, Canon call it APS-C, more on that later. And this has a crop factor of 1.6. So the sensor is, sorry, I'm going to have to bore you with this, but let's just try it. The sensor is 22.3 millimeters by 14.9 millimeters. Now you multiply 22.3 by 1.6 and you get 35.68. And you do the same with the 14.9 and you get 23.84. So it's 35.68 by 23.84, which is pretty close, isn't it, to 36 by 24. It's, it's near enough for me. Now, the crop factors vary slightly with different manufacturers, as do the sensor sizes, and they don't all exactly scale up to 36 by 24, but, but they're all pretty close, and they're close enough that we can consider these all together as cropped sensor cameras. But what's a Micro Four Thirds camera then? Well, a Micro Four Thirds camera, don't really know where the name came from, probably should do, but that's not going to help me, is it? A Micro Four Thirds camera has a sensor which is smaller than a full frame camera. A Micro Four Thirds camera has a crop factor of 2. So taking my Olympus EM5 Mark II, this has a sensor which is 17.3 by 13 millimeters. Times this by 2 and you get um, 34.6 by 26 millimeters. Again, it's not an exact scale up, but you apply the crop factor of two and it, and it does relate back to full frame and it does work. We'll, we'll get on to that. So they're not exactly the same, but the systems are similarly different or quite like that. And that wasn't in my script. That's good. What are the most common crop factors? Well, 1.5 and 1.6 ish for crop sensor cameras and two for micro four thirds cameras. Again, there are subtle variations, but like I say, crop sensor, 1.5 to 1.6-ish, and 2 for micro four-thirds. So what does this mean for the focal lens? What does this actually mean? Well, 50 millimeters on a full-frame camera is 50 millimeters. 50 millimeters on a crop sensor camera is effectively 75 to 80 millimeters because you've got your crop factors of 1.5 and 1.6. 50 millimeters on a Micro Four Thirds camera is effectively 100 millimeters. Okay, so the bit that the bit that I needed to do a bit of research on actually. What do I mean by effective focal length? Well, this is what I mean. I've worked this one out. A 50 millimeter lens is a standard lens, and this is pretty similar to how we see the world. 50 millimeter focal length on a full frame camera 
it gives us the same view that we see with our own eyes. So that's why it's called a standard view. A 50mm focal length on a cropped sensor camera is actually an effective focal length of 75 to 80mm, and that is not the same, of course it isn't. And on a Micro Four Thirds camera, 50mm gives you an effective focal length of 100mm. So this is where it gets difficult. While the lens might say 50mm, that only applies when using a full frame camera. The effective focal length is the one that you actually get when you multiply the focal length by the crop factor. But the actual focal length of the lens doesn't change. I'm not going to explain why because I didn't get it and it doesn't matter. The focal length of a lens is separate from the sensor size. So yeah, that 50mm lens for a Micro Four, th <laughs> for a micro four Thirds camera, easy for you to say, Rick, is optically 50mm. It's when you put it on the camera that the crop factor kicks in. Now, I'm pretty sure that is correct. And that's why it's called effective focal length, because that's what you're actually getting. OK, so what? Why do we need to know about this? Why do we care? Well, to get the equivalent field of view that a 50mm focal length gives you on a full frame camera, you have to divide the focal length by the crop factor. So for a cropped sensor camera to get the same field of view, you need to use a focal length of 31 to 33 millimeters. For a cropped sensor camera to get, oh, error in my script there. This is a copy and paste error. I'm just going to correct this one. Spelt third wrong. For a Micro Four Thirds camera to get the same field of view, you need to use a focal length of 25 millimeters. So yes, the crop factor has a direct impact on the focal length of a lens. Wide-angle lenses have focal lengths less than 50mm on a full-frame camera, but you can have a focal length on a crop sensor camera of 38mm, which is less than the 50mm, but that gives you an effective focal length of 60mm, which is not wide-angle, and this is where it gets confusing. And that same 38mm focal length on a Micro Four Thirds camera has an effective focal length of 76mm, which is definitely not a wide-angle focal length. So what is a standard lens on a full-frame camera can actually be a telephoto lens on a cropped sensor camera. So for the term standard lens, that's referring to the 50mm on a full-frame camera. Now, you can call it what you want for a crop sensor or a Micro Four Thirds camera. Is a 25mm lens a standard lens? Well, we t on, on a Micro Four Thirds camera, that is. Well, we tend not to use the term as much, so it's a confusion. But you don't need to be confused. You've just got to remember to apply the crop factor to the focal length that you're using. Remember that and everything should be fine. Why all these different formats? Well, why is it so complicated? Well, sensors are expensive things. And if you make a camera with a smaller sensor size, this is going to be cheaper than a larger sensor. And the camera body and indeed the lenses and everything else, they can all be made smaller. You can scale everything down because the sensor is the central bit of the camera that everything else is built around. And that's why crop sensor and Micro Four Thirds cameras are generally smaller, lighter and cheaper than full frame equivalents. Generally. And in very general terms, the larger the camera sensor, the higher the image quality. In general terms, that is, comparing like for like with all things being equal, etc, etc. So, yeah, you could say larger sensors are better than smaller sensors. Well, you could say that, but you wouldn't necessarily be right. That's one for another time, I think. So I'm going to add that to my list. Done. I was going to fake the typing of keys then, but you know I've written the script beforehand, so that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? 
And on the positive side, there are lots of different cameras out there serving everyone's needs, and that has to be a good thing, doesn't it? Yes, it is, Rick. I'd just like to do a, a quick recap on focal lengths and crop factors. Standard view, 50mm on a full-frame camera. 31 to 33mm on a crop sensor camera. And 25mm on a micro four-thirds camera. Okay, wide angle. Well, I tend to think of anything less than 40mm as wide angle. And on a crop sensor camera, that's, that's anything less than 25 to 26mm. And for Micro Four Thirds cameras, that's anything less than 20 millimetres, of course it is. Even I can work that one out in my head. Um, Wide-angle focal lengths, they give you a wider field of view, which is important to remember. Telephoto. Well, I tend to think of telephoto focal lengths as being anything greater than 60 millimetres. So, on a crop sensor camera, that's anything greater than 37.5 to 40 millimetres. And on a Micro Four Thirds camera, that's anything greater than 30 millimetres. And telephoto lenses, they give you a narrower field of view. So what we're doing here is we're changing the field of view. There's a few other things that change, but that's the principal change. Now, if you want to know more about what standard wide angle and telephoto mean, well, guess what? Check out Photography Explained podcast episode 62, What are Standard Lenses? Let me tell you in plain English. Episode 63, Wide Angle Lenses Explained in Plain English in Less Than 10 Minutes. And wait for it, in <laughs> episode 64, Telephoto Lenses Explained in Plain English in Less Than 10 Minutes. That's Telephoto Lenses Explained in Plain English in Less Than 10 Minutes, because I don't think I said Telephoto correctly then. But different, <laughs> and a little point there, different sensors have different crop factors which give different effective focal lengths. That's what this is all about. Okay, so what about other camera formats? Well, I've not covered medium format cameras and how they relate, and, and I'd consider them separately. And, and large format cameras, that's, that's even more remote from, from <laughs> my knowledge and experience. And I'm sure there are other formats out there, but the main ones are full frame, crop sensor and micro four thirds. I mean, if there is one you'd like me to have a look at and explain, then just let me know and I can shoehorn this into a future episode. No problem. And there, there used to be loads of different compact cameras as well, but I think these are on the decline now with the rise of the camera phone. So, yeah, full frame, crop sensor and micro four thirds. That covers the vast majority of consumer cameras. OK, quick question. Are larger sensor cameras better than smaller sensor cameras? In theory, yes, but it's not that simple. If only it were. And can you tell the difference? Well, this is definitely another one for another episode. So I've added that to my list. I need to, I need to stick to crop factors here and not stuff like that. So all I want to say here is you can take great photos with small sensors and you can take rubbish photos with massive sensors. Let's not forget that. It's not the gear, it's what you point your gear at and how you take the photo. That's what matters. Why would I buy a camera with a smaller sensor? They can be smaller, lighter and cheaper, which they're three massive considerations, aren't they? But I think the, the gap's narrowing now because full-frame cameras used to be massive and they're getting smaller as technology advances and things get smaller. So the gap's closing and the difference in weights aren't that massive as well. So why a smaller sensor? Well, if you've got a 300mm lens on a full-frame camera, you've got a 300mm focal length. 
But if you put that 300mm focal lens on a Micro Four Thirds camera and you apply that crop factor of two times, well, guess what? You have an effective focal length of a whopping 600mm. Yeah, that's the first use of the word whopping on my podcast. Now, now that's massive. I mean, the 600mm, that is, not the use of the word whopping, of course. And there are certain types of photographers who will benefit from this, such as sports photographers, wildlife photographers, bird photographers. Well, anyone who's taking photos of things a long way off, really. And what about the term APS-C? Well, I, I don't like this. The crop sensor cameras are often referred to as APS-C cameras. I hate this term. In my head, APS-C means something else, so I stick with crop sensor camera. That works for me. And you'll also find that a crop sensor camera can be called a crop sensor camera by some people. Does crop factor affect the aperture? No, it does not. Does crop factor affect the depth of field? I'm going to cover depth of field in the next episode, so I'm going to leave that one for now. <laughs> Dodge that bullet, haven't I? But only for two weeks, I know. Does crop factor affect the shutter speed? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Does crop factor affect the type of sandwich I'm going to eat? No, it'll probably be cheese and pickle. Right, the talky bit. That was a very long answery bit, but I've structured it slightly differently. It doesn't matter, does it, as long as we get there in the end. So my one question is this. Why, when crop sensor and micro four-thirds cameras were being developed, why did they not apply the crop factors to the focal lengths there and then? I mean, what's the point of saying that a camera lens has a focal length of 50mm when it actually isn't? That's the one thing I don't get. I mean, maybe one of the camera manufacturers can let me know. It'd be nice. I guess the reason is that the focal length of the lens is just that, and it's not related to the sensor size. And this is why we refer to the effective focal length. And other people have called it equivalent focal length, which I'm not too sure about, but you might hear that. And the effective focal length is the one where you apply the crop factors to the focal length written on your lens or, or in your viewfinder if you've got a fancy camera, fancier than mine. Yeah, I don't really know how this has happened. It all gets rather complicated, doesn't it? I mean, there must have been an easier and better way of doing this so you didn't have to have these crop factors. I, d I don't get it. Other than that, this is just something you need to be very aware of as these three different types of cameras, as in full frame, crop sensor and micro four thirds, they have different sized camera sensors and, and this difference applies to everything else, making them separate and not interchangeable camera systems. Oh no. If you start off with a micro four thirds camera, the only way to change to full frame is to change absolutely everything. And if you start with a full frame camera, but you want to change to micro four thirds, the same applies. And the same applies to crop sensor cameras, although there is the odd bit of interchangeability with full frame, but I'd ignore that and it's really limited and it just doesn't help us. So my advice is this, treat the three as separate camera systems and you won't be far off. Full frame is one camera system, crop sensor is another and micro four thirds another separate camera system. And every time you look at a lens, you need to apply the crop factor as that is what you're actually getting. I still find it odd that if you've got a 50mm lens on a Micro Four Thirds camera, it's actually giving you 100mm. I understand the optical reason why you'd call it a 50mm lens, but it's not helping, is it? Why not just call it 100mm and be done with? Right, shut up, Rick, talk a bit over. And that was a, a short one for once, which was nice. What if I use a phone and not a camera? Well, 
it doesn't really apply, does it? I think phones and cameras are so different. We don't need to worry about this. It's not something that we tend to think about and compare the two in this way. What if I use a film camera? Well, what you have is what you have. And it's probably 35mm, so all nice and easy. There are other formats of film camera out there, I know that, but 35mm was by far the most popular. What do I do? I use a full-frame digital camera. Didn't use well at the start of the sentence then, which has pleased me greatly. And I also use a Micro Four Thirds camera. And I don't worry from one to the other. I really don't think about it. This is this is probably because I tend to take photos with the widest focal length available to me anyway. On my full-frame Canon 6D with my go-to 17 to 40 millimeter lens, I get an actual 17 millimeters. With my Olympus EM5 and go-to 12 to 40 millimeter lens, I get 24 millimeters, which is the widest it goes, and it goes to an effective focal length of 80 millimeters. So the 12 to 40 millimeter lens on a Micro Four Thirds camera has an effective focal length of 24 to 80. That's how we need to look at these things. Now, I don't overthink this. When I'm taking photos of my Canon 6D, I use what I see to get my compositions and simply do the same with my Olympus EM5. I know what the limitations are with both the full frame and the crop sensor camera, and I don't even think about the different sizes of the image sensors. Each one is its own thing. I use the Canon 6D with the 17 to 40 millimeter lens for my photos of buildings. I need the full 17 millimeters for the work that I do. And I use the EM5 for my travel photography. So I use the two camera systems for different reasons, for different purposes. 17 mil on a full frame for my photographs of buildings. And I like the smaller, little bit lighter. It's not hugely lighter, the M5. I like it for my travel photography. I enjoy having the two systems and using them in different ways. So that's all good. And that is what I do. Okay, some thoughts from the last episode. Episode 160, what is auto exposure bracketing? One question that came out of that episode was from Jeremy in Ohio. Thanks very much for the question, Jeremy. Great to hear from you. Really appreciate it. Here is the question. What good free software is out there that will blend your AEB photos into one photo? Well, I use Lightroom and that cost me less than a tenner a month, which I'm happy to pay. I'm a paying customer. But free software? Well, to be honest with you, I don't know because I don't use any. Now, I had, I had a, a dig around and I found a couple of useful articles. So I sent Jeremy links to those. But if you've used some free software to merge together bracketed photos, why don't you just let me know and I can share this with Jeremy and everybody else. Okay, then next episode. Depth of field is what I have on my list. So depth of field it is then. Simple. Ask me a question. Yeah, if you've got a question you'd like me to answer, just head over to the podcast website, photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start, and you can find out what to do there. Or if you just want to say hi, Head over there and do the same. It would be lovely to hear from you. And <laughs> send me a question and it would save me time having to come up with one myself. And a shout out to Joanne in Illinois who emailed me with a question. Thanks for getting in touch, Joanne. Great to hear from you as well. Oh, I replied by email, by the way. <laughs> I missed that out of my script. <laughs> that would have sounded rather rude if I hadn't said that. No, I sent, a, I sent an email back answering the, the various questions. So you don't have to ask me a question for a podcast episode. You can just ask me a question and I'll be more than happy to answer it. And it might get made into a new episode as one of Joanne's questions did, which was also asked by um, 
by Terry over there in Australia. Hi, Terry. Hope you're well. I'll get around to replying to you at some point, I promise. But get in touch with me, ask me a question, and I'll try to remember to give you a shout out on an episode. Right, I'm beginning to struggle here because it's getting warm. That's all. This episode was brought to you by, well, I got on my script here a cheese and pickle sandwich, but I didn't have a cheese and pickle sandwich. I had half a coronation chicken sandwich and half a scone with jam and cream. All very nice in a cafe this afternoon because I'm on my holidays at the moment. So me and Mrs. M went out and did some stuff for our new home, which we've moved into. So I'm recording this sat in my brand new homemade acoustically cushioned recording emporium. Today's acoustic treatment is nothing. Nope, I'm in a new room and I don't need it. So, yep, we have successfully relocated and everything is back to normal, which is excellent. Right, I'm going to stop there. I've been Rick McAvoy. Thanks again very much for listening to my small but perfectly formed podcast, it says here, and for giving me 27-ish minutes of your valuable time. Yep, I'm thinking this one might be about 27 minutes long after I've edited out the mistakes and the other bad stuff, because it was a bit difficult, this one, because I'm doing this in a completely different environment, and I'm finding, which is great to, great to find out, that it's much, much better for recording, so I'm very happy with that. Okay, I'll stop there. Take care. Stay safe. Cheers from me, Rick.